Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You've reached the High Fashion Hotline. Hi, my family's going to a concert in the park, and we want our style to be the main attraction. Rock over to Old Navy. Old Navy? Yep, right now get up to 50% off jeans from 15 bucks for adults, 10 bucks for kids at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Up to 50% off jeans for the family? That's music to my ears. Plus, now you can get in and out of the store in a flash with buy online, pick up in store. It's fun, fast, and free. Styles that take center stage and free pick up in store when I buy online? Old Navy, here we come. High Fashion, Old Navy. Valid 720 to 729, select styles only. Guys being dudes. Yeah, we just gotta keep pounding, you know? Just keep pounding. Gotta keep pounding. Joe's a big fan of keep pounding these days. Keep on pounding. You never want to stop pounding. You might want to revise that statement. Comes across a little more. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> never stop pounding, kids. You heard it here first. <laughs> better than this guys here on the draft news podcast i'm joe marino of ndt scouting and fan rag sports and i'm joined by kyle Krabs, who's the founder and director of scouting with ndt scouting also with fan rag sports we are your hosts here on a monday edition of the draft dudes podcast fresh off the release of the college football playoff rankings we know who's in we know who's out and uh it's really time to focus in on draft season because there's not a whole lot of football left to be played for these teams. The resumes are done. The tape is your resume. There's not a lot left for most of these prospects. So uh, Kyle and I were talking in the pre-show that there is going to be so much to talk about over the next five months in the build-up to the NFL draft, and we are excited to be here to break it all down for you. Kyle, what's up, my dude? Hey, Joe. I'm, I'm tired. I had a long week. I had a long weekend last weekend. Um, flew to Indianapolis at noon, um, got into Indianapolis by three, was at Lucas Oil Stadium by four, uh, watched some of the SEC championship game, 
and perused around on the field before Ohio State Wisconsin stayed for Ohio State Wisconsin um, remained at Lucas Oil Stadium doing the press conference tour and writing articles and blah 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 till 3:30 in the morning before going back to the airport and flying directly home at 6 a.m. on Sunday morning so uh, I'm struggling a little bit but Joe as you said you know we are celebrating the the start of the college football postseason, which is giving me the life that I need to to do this show and, and bring the people my absolute best. Plus, I have internet in my house by the time you guys are listening to this. Ah, yes. Welcome yes. back so, to the... Yeah, yeah it's pour, good to have you with internet. Pour one out for me living life in the 19th century. Those days are over. It's back to reality. Uh, well, I hope you have a strong Wi-Fi connection, sir. Um, Kyle, we are getting closer and closer to this NFL draft, as I already mentioned, 142 days away, in fact. And my number today, we're going to go a little bit different here. This is going to be uh, a little bit off course based on the numbers that I've brought to the table to this point. But 142 is the record-breaking amount of decibels that the Kansas City Chiefs crowd recorded uh, in 2014, uh, in a Monday night game against the New England Patriots for the loudest uh, football game ever, uh, by according to the Guinness Book of World Records, 142 decibels. And, and so that's obviously really loud and really, uh, really loud. I guess there's no other, no other way to say it. Uh, but I kind of wanted to take a, a second here and reflect back on our, our scouting journeys this uh, fall. I think we've probably been to... Uh, pushing 30 combined different games uh, this season. And, Kyle, what was the loudest crowd or moment or atmosphere that oh, you've been in man. this season? Uh, first of all, you you have to delete this segment because that's that's your number. You talked this up like it was going to be some cool, fun. What? I'm, I'm on the <laughs> fence. I'm not sold right now. You're not sold on this being a good number? No. Decibels decibels it's best i could do man oh man 142 that's how many decibels? 142 now yeah. do, do you have for a layman do you have what that compares to can you get your producer on that while i tell you about the <laughs> the best okay. experience i'm okay. disappointed that you're disappointed this no. is a good number listen all right so the mo the loudest exposure that i've had i can think of three one of them was last weekend uh, Big Ten championship game was loud. Uh, it sounded like it was probably 60 to 70% Ohio State fans. Um, but I would probably have to give the nod to Clemson, Virginia Tech. Blacksburg showed out, man. And uh, Inter Sandman comes on. And the press box is rocking, and you can hear everybody screaming that song at the top of their lungs uh, as as the Hokies are running out onto the field. Uh, that, so far in my scouting career, has kind of been like an unparalleled, like, I mean, there's nothing like that. And I, you know, I went to school at, at Penn State, you know, I've done the whiteouts at Penn State before, and... Uh, but that that intro for for Blacksburg, you know, they deserve a tip of the cap because that that was the most electric environment that I found myself in. Uh, Kyle, to answer your question, maybe this will make it more cool for you. Uh, in comparative 
uh, elements to decibels. 140 is the equivalent to an aircraft carrier deck. 150 is a jet takeoff, and the comment from the Purdue chemistry people is that your eardrum will rupture. So I think that's awfully loud. They don't even go above 150 on this chart. So that's really loud. Uh, I'll comment on... That that makes it so much better, and I would love to hear yours now that I have a a real appreciation for just how loud 142 (laughs) decibels really is. Yeah, I got to go back to week one for mine. I was at at Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta for the Chick-fil-A kickoff game between Georgia Tech and Tennessee, and I'm standing there on the field uh, just watching warm-ups and stuff, and... uh, you know, the teams go back in the locker room and then they, you know, they bring them out for the game. And I was on, on the field when just probably 20 feet away from the Tennessee tunnel, when the volunteers came onto the field and the band's playing Rocky top and, you know, half the stadium, if not more is singing Rocky top. Obviously week one, uh, there was a lot more optimism for Tennessee and, and the crowd and the fans were really into it. But uh, that was a loud and very chilling experience to be on the field for that moment. Yeah. I mean, that's, um, it's one of the all time classics in college football, right? Is you hear, you hear Rocky top. And I know somewhere uh, in Florida, Roger Dixon is cringing right now as we listen <laughs> and, and talk about Rocky top. But um I mean, you you hear the first couple notes on that, and you instantly think Tennessee. Yeah, it's it's classic. Uh, just like the Sandman entrance is 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 pretty great. I only got to see it uh, for a three thirty start, not not a night game against Clemson back when you know both teams I think were undefeated at the time. But uh, uh, that was pretty special as well. Yeah, that was uh, that was hashtag fun because um, Joe, you know who didn't have fun. This weekend, go ahead. Buffalo Bills did not have fun this weekend, and specifically somebody who I don't think is going to be having fun. And and I'm going to pivot here, okay, Joe. I'm not not attacking anybody here. Uh, I don't think Rob Gronkowski is going to have a very fun week this week because I hope not. The hit that he, that he put on Trey White lying on the ground after an interception is some of the biggest BS that I've seen in football this year. I mean, that's, that was as egregious of a cheap shot as I have seen, where Trey White has his back turned, is lying on the ground, his body parts are touching out of bounds, and Gronkowski loads up and hits him in the, the back of the head with a forearm while you know, dropping on top of him. And I'm doing this talking right now because I I don't want to give you a live microphone when we first bring this topic up because I know yesterday, Joe, you were livid. (laughs) Yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely reprehensible act by Rob Gronkowski to take out his frustrations on on calls in a game where he's got nine catches and 150 plus yards. Uh, he's going to take out his frustrations on Tredavious White. Now, it doesn't really matter who the person is. It's wrong, but awfully disappointing that Trey White, in, in, amid a an outstanding rookie season, after he intercepted Tom Brady, uh, is sucker-punched basically in the head by a frustrated monster tight end. Uh, totally uncalled for, totally ridiculous. Um, you know, it, it, 
with the sensitivity right now for head injuries on the field in the, in the act of playing a football game for an unnecessary after the play, after the whistle, after it's way done, he's out of bounds laying on his stomach for him to come up and do that is just totally ridiculous. And uh, the NFL needs to make an example out of a very cowardly move by Rob Gronkowski. Uh, one, I don't think anyone's going to defend Gronk, but what I think one of the most kind of under talked about piece of this whole debacle is after the game when uh, when you know the, the the handshake between Belichick and McDermott goes down, and McDermott probably the first time this might be like the first time he's you know he's ever really interacted with Belichick and. You know, certainly his first matchup as Buffalo Bills head coach, and he goes right up to him and calls calls him out. You know, Belichick didn't lead with an apology, and, and, and Belichick does eventually, you know, say that that was BS. But you know, credit for for McDermott to go up to you know legendary head coach and say, "Man, what the hell's that about?" Yeah. So, Joe, I'm curious, your commissioner Goodell, what is the example that you make from Gronkowski? Yeah, you know, I'm not gonna pretend like I'm super familiar with, you know, what the suspension terms are and what's what's legal and you know all those types of things. But when you consider, you know, Tom Brady and you consider Ezekiel Elliott, things that uh, suspensions were very heavily brought upon for stuff that really there wasn't a lot of substantial evidence for. When you have something like this in a game uh, where all the evidence in the world is right in front of you in a situation where you're have so much of a perceived emphasis on, on, on dealing with, yeah, whatever the most you can do, you know, whatever the most you can do to a, to a, to a football player is what he deserves. I mean, yeah, he didn't like, you know, pull a knife on someone on the field and not to make it like an extremity like that, but whatever, like the most reasonable worst thing that can happen to a football player within the guidelines of, of, of the bylaws of the national football league is what he deserves. Throw the book at him. Yeah. Joe, let's move on. Yeah, I don't want to get you any more upset than I already have. <laughs> All right, let's, let's talk do about it. some good plays. Do you want to? Do you want to lead off this Monday episode of top plays from the week that was? Yes, I will. I will gladly do that. Um, we're going to talk a lot about of football. A, this, yeah, we're going to talk about another tight end here, aren't we? Yeah, but this time for the right reasons. We'll call him what you want. We'll call him New York Giants pass catcher. Evan Ingram and uh, man, uh, not a lot has gone right for this Giants team. They're two and ten, uh, clinched its third ten loss season in the last four years. Did the Giants on on Sunday with their loss to the Raiders? But uh, Evan Ingram has been such a bright spot for them. He had a huge game against them: seven catches, ninety nine yards, touchdown. He has uh, five touchdowns in his last seven games. He's really coming on in a Giants offense where it's depleted of weapons, and, and Evan Ingram's proving to be the Mr. Reliable for them as a rookie. Just a totally remarkable season that he's having. But the, the catch that he had, the one-hander where he's kind of – he's got his back to the line of scrimmage and, and turns and gets that one hand up and, 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 and secures the football was just a testament to his playmaking upside, his ball skills, and uh, the type of player that I think he can become for this Giants team for, for a long time. So my play of the week is that is – that, Evan Ingram reception. That, that's probably all you need to know. You've probably seen it on Twitter or on a highlight show or something like that. But uh, a hell of a play by Ingram and hell of a season he's having. Yeah, and he did it in traffic, too. Mm-hmm. Like, that that was the part that uh, – uh, I'm breaking ribs if I try that, you know? <laughs> I can't – first of all, I'd probably pop my shoulder out trying to throw it up as high as he did. 
Um, but to to in traffic throw put your body up there like that and and go get that ball the way that he did, uh, yeah, really impressive play. Um, Joe, mine is not necessarily a peak uh, physical achievement. It's more of like a gritty play. Uh, kind of embodies this guy's career at the college level. Uh, JT Barrett. Now, nobody is going to confuse JT for being a high-end NFL draft prospect, but as far as college football quarterbacks go, like he's one of the poster childs of great college player with poor professional upside at the next level. And JT played this game six days after arthroscopic knee surgery from whatever the hell that incident was against Michigan on the sideline. And JT played the entire game. Uh, Ohio State jumps out to a big lead. Wisconsin kind of battles back. All of a sudden, it's 24-21 midway through the fourth quarter. Ohio State's down inside the red zone. And Urban Meyer elects to go for it on fourth and inches from the 17-yard line. Wisconsin, to this point, has all the momentum in the world. They've scratched and clawed their way back to a three-point game. And they go for the QB delay draw up the middle one of like two plays that urban was going to call in a fourth and inches situation with jt barrett as his quarterback and wisconsin does a really nice job blowing up the point of attack bubbling and resetting the line of scrimmage as barrett presses forward to the line of scrimmage he's hit like two yards behind the initial line of scrimmage on fourth down inside the red zone in a three-point game that the other team has all the momentum in and Barrett takes a drop step, kind of leaks out to his right, takes a hard cut back upfield and falls forward for just enough to convert a first down. Like, how many times has JT Barrett had a play like this where he just he he knows where he needs to get to and he's dead to rights and he slips out and makes a big play? Uh, Michigan, uh, Penn State. You know these these are uh, games in which you're you're like oh man Ohio State's done and, and Barrett just pulls a rabbit out of his hat and he did it again on this play he ended up helping uh, milk an additional three minutes off the clock before Ohio State did kick a field goal on fourth and one um, and, and that swing that Barrett converting that fourth down. Uh, bring momentum back to Ohio State, draw out some more clock before ultimately an interception ended the game. Uh, just a really, one of the really great plays of Barrett's college career in that he always did it in the clutch. So, you know, I know when, when we talk about draft prospects, I'm not going to speak very highly on my, my opinions of what I think JT Barrett can be at the next level, but as far as his his resume and legacy as an Ohio State quarterback, uh, he's one of the all-time greats in that program, and he deserves recognition for that, and it was a really nice play by him on, on Saturday night.
You've reached the High Fashion Hotline. Hi, my family's going to a concert in the park, and we want our style to be the main attraction. Rock over to Old Navy. Old Navy? Yep, right now get up to 50% off jeans from 15 bucks for adults, 10 bucks for kids at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Up to 50% off jeans for the family? That's music to my ears. Plus, now you can get in and out of the store in a flash with buy online, pick up in store. It's fun, fast, and free. Styles that take center stage and free pick up in store when I buy online? Old Navy, here we come. High Fashion, Old Navy. About 720 to 729, select styles only. You've reached the High Fashion Hotline. Hi, my family's going to a concert in the park, and we want our style to be the main attraction. Rock over to Old Navy. Old Navy? Yep, right now get up to 50% off jeans from 15 bucks for adults, 10 bucks for kids at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Up to 50% off jeans for the family? That's music to my ears. Plus, now you can get in and out of the store in a flash with buy online, pick up in store. It's fun, fast, and free. Styles that take center stage and free pick up in store when I buy online? Old Navy, here we come. High Fashion, Old Navy. Valid 720 to 729, select styles only. Yeah, man, that was a, that was a fun football game, and you know, Kyle, it's it's cool, man. You got to be a witness to whatever the hell happened in the end zone with that uh, oh, with that man. turf. Like, could could you have went down there and helped the guy? Like, I'm I'm like, is this the only dude here that can fix these uh this turf and squeeze in these rubber pellets? That had to be something to see live. I I never seen anything like that before in my life, and um, I there was like we legitimately thought up in the box. It's like, they're going to make both teams play going the same direction. Like when it came up and obviously I do not have a bachelor's degree in, in turf engineering like this, this gentleman did who saved the day and, and was tremendous in doing so. Um, it's like, Oh, like they, they just ripped up the turf. Like there's no way. I don't even know how you go about fixing that. Well, apparently you know, they said on the TV broadcast, it's like some industrial grade Velcro and stuff like that. And um, but there were two or three guys that kind of came out there and started to mill around that area, and he pretty much just shoot everybody away. He's like, "No, I got it. I got it. This is my time in the sun. You're not going to rob it from me. Just you go hold the rake and stand off to the side. When I tell you you're ready, you know you can rake." So I don't know if you caught this, Joe, but when the guy with the rake first came in. The guy who was fixing the turf actually went out of his way to pick up and take the rake from him and show him the direction he wanted him to go before he came oh, back to him. Wow. Wow. So this I mean, this guy had it down to a science. He knew exactly what he was doing out there. And um now that was <laughs> the, I would rather watch that transpire at halftime of any college football show than watch these college kids chess pass footballs into a Dr. Pepper can. It Were, was now, incredibly Jose? Were you the one the, at the game that had the Jose guy that looked like he's never used his arm before? No comment. Yeah, you were that. That was that. That's UDFA <laughs> stuff, man. That that was bad. That was bad. You know, it's not bad. What you got? The Reese's Senior Bowl roster right now. There's some fun players on this list, Joe. This is not something that you and I have had a chance to do yet. Uh, so we each want to take the opportunity and highlight some of the players that have uh, been confirmed through the Reese Senior Bowl site, uh, players that have our interest for one reason or another. And um, obviously we're getting in a fresh round of these guys. I would expect we're going to get some big names today with, with some of these announcements. But in the meantime, uh you know, we, we've got at least 26 names that are, are confirmed on the Senior Bowl site. Uh, nice mix of small school, big school. Um, a lot of small school kids, though. 
I mean, you, you scroll through the list. You got Murray State, um, Idaho State, Stony Brook, North Carolina A&T, Jacksonville State, uh, South Carolina State, uh, Weber State, Southern, um, South Dakota State, obviously, uh, Dallas Goddard, who who everybody and their mother who listens to this show knows that we are huge fans of. Uh, so so small school kids, it's going to be really represented. But Joe, I don't think any of the guys that we're you know itching to talk about are small school kids. I'd like to start my first one with Oregon offensive tackle Tyrell Crosby. Uh, this guy is huge, really big body, um, fairly light on his feet for a guy that size. He's super long. And he is, uh, he's nasty in the run game. Now, um, I'll be looking forward to seeing him go against uh, some of these athletic pass rushers, especially given how much of a natural advantage the defenders have in those kinds of drills and want to see what his foot quickness looks like in that kind of environment in a one-on-one situation. But uh, Crosby, as far as, like, the middle tier of offensive tackles. I know some, some folks are kind of lukewarm on like Mike McGlinchey, but you got like McGlinchey, Brown, Connor Williams, um, maybe the Western Michigan kid. Um, but outside of that, like the offensive tackle groups, uh, you, you're looking for guys in the middle tiers. And I think Tyrell Crosby, just based on uh, his skill set and, and his physical abilities uh, is is going to have a really good chance of whether you know you watch the film and you think it's really warranted or not as far as projecting the NFL draft. I think this is one that's that's going to get some folks excited with with how big he is and how well he moves for his size. Kyle, I'm really excited to see Colorado State wide receiver Michael Gallup. I had a chance to really dig into his film in the last few days, and I really like what I see here. This is a a pretty solid route runner. He's uh you really can tell he he runs nuanced route stems where uh, he's able to get out of his stance quick, put immediate pressure on on the cornerback, but then do work within the stem to establish that leverage and, and create separation. He 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 does create really good separation. He attacks the football with really nice ball skills, and he's got a lot of physicality. Uh, what he does after the catch is is really good in terms of challenging defenders with pad levels and and guys are bouncing off his thighs and he's got good burst and he sees the field well and I think this is going to be a really nice complimentary receiver in the NFL and you know he's had some pretty good showings uh, he played Alabama this year and had some good moments in that game but obviously getting excited about seeing him against you know the senior top seniors in the nation and, and some other guys that are be, you know, power five type guys. And uh, I think that this is a, a really solid all around player with a really good physical skill set that, that runs great routes and catches the football. Well, uh, really excited about my comp for him. I see a lot of Pierre Garcon in mm. him and, uh, and uh, yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm really liking what I saw from Gallup. I, I saw him in the Oregon state game earlier in the year, but then I, I ripped off, five other games this past weekend and this is going to be a a (laughs) kind of a weird group of receivers this year with a ton of guys that are going to be kind of in the same tier and it's going to come down to stylistic preferences and what you need from a receiver because I think Calvin Ridley and maybe Cortland Sutton are the only like true alpha number one guys uh but uh you know if you're 
I think that Michael Gallup's going to be a really solid player in a productive passing offense in the NFL. Yeah, speaking of solid players, uh, uh, he's listed at fullback. You know, they they use him at H back, tight end. Dimitri Flowers from Oklahoma. This dude's a football player first and foremost. Uh, really, really fun. Listed six two, two forty five or so. Uh, Flowers has been the beneficiary this year at Oklahoma of all these RPOs that that Mayfield's running, where he he sticks the ball in the running back's belly. And linebackers are so quick to suck down because they have to count for both Baker and the back as potential running threats. And Flowers does these really nifty little stalk blocks where he, he, he squares up a linebacker. And as soon as the linebacker takes the read step forward as though he was going to attack the block, uh, Flowers is really good at slipping past that contact and uncovering in between the second and third levels. A uh, lot of big plays, a uh, lot of chunk gains just for, just from that kind of uh, that concept that they, they really like to isolate him in. Because he is an effective blocker, so you got a guy who's got soft hands. Uh, he had a big one against Oklahoma State uh, up the middle of the field. That that was a really good showcase of you know, kind of the cat and mouse that he can play in between the hashes. So I want to see him running true routes out of the backfield. I want to see him trying to block with his hand in the dirt, see what kind of skills he can bring uh, in an environment that's going to get him outside his own comfort zone a little bit, see if he takes well to coaching throughout the week. Uh, Would not be surprised if this is a guy that might struggle a little bit at the beginning of the week because he's going to be asked to do things that you know, he he's never really been asked to do at Oklahoma. You know, they got Mark Andrews there as the true inline guy. Uh, but I would look for someone like him to improve as the week goes on because he really strikes me as a guy that's got really high football IQ and uh, just a blue-collar kind of a player that does a lot of dirty work. So he's a fun player. He's not a necessarily a splash or sexy player, but I think the Senior Bowl can really help him when you're looking for an evaluation based off his college film. Yeah, next guy that I want to touch on that that has me very intrigued is uh, Central Michigan tight end Tyler Conklin. This is a really good tight end group. We, we've touched on how the top six right now look like they could be quality players in the NFL. Well, one of the guys on the outside looking in that has a lot of upside is, is Central Michigan tight end Tyler Conklin, who um, is a former basketball player and, and came over to the football side of things at Central Michigan. And he caught my eye last year. Uh, in week one, I watched the Oklahoma State game uh, for, for NDT scouting and covered it. And uh, he had seven for 96 and two touchdowns in that game. And his career really kind of took off from there. He's over the last uh, two seasons, he's averaging 14 yards uh, per reception and 11 touchdowns. And um, this is one of those guys that, you know, it's it's not all there yet because he's still learning the finer points of playing tight end and football. But from that type of basketball background that you like to see guys that can win at the catch point and box out people and, and high point the football and, and haul it in and, you know, in, in red zone situations, kind of those jump ball type situations, man, Tyler Conklin's shown the ability to win. And uh, I think there's a, an intriguing skill set to tap into. And obviously senior bowl is going to be a tremendous opportunity for him to, you know, run routes against safeties and linebackers and, and really compete for the football and, uh, a guy that kind of kind of had a nice career. He had some injuries this year. Russ, I think he would have had even more production. He had a couple of hundred yard games, but was in and out of the lineup 
uh, this guy can play, and uh, you know we'll see how he continues to grow. And obviously, the Senior Bowl will be a big stage for him. Very anxious to see him in Mobile. Now, Joe, is this the kid that had his sister run out onto the field? Yeah, Joe, the last guy I want to talk about is another tight end, and this is, is shaping up to be another entertaining group. I don't think there's necessarily the top-end upside of the 2017 tight end group, uh, but there's a lot of good tight ends in this class, and one of them is Chris Herndon from Miami, who we've talked about, you know, kind of been smattering throughout the course of the fall and uh, was really excited to see he got a Senior Bowl invite. He reminds me of uh, Nick Vanette from Ohio State, now with the Seattle Seahawks. Um, he's he's smooth. He's a smooth athlete with the ball in his hands. He's pretty effective as a blocker. Uh, he can play in line. He's got a prototype build. And I think uh, in a, a, a team like Miami that really struggled with some consistency passing the ball, uh, they had some injuries. They had injuries to the running game. So the offensive personnel there this year has kind of just never really had a chance to fully click. Uh, it's a good thing they had the turnover chain there to, to throw up a bunch of points on Notre Dame earlier this year. Um, that was kind of their most impressive game, and a lot of that came on the backs of the defense. Well, um, offensively, I th- I see a lot of parts that have sums greater than what the whole has been able to put out this season. And Herndon's a big piece of that as well, where, uh, I mean, this guy split starting duties with David and Joku last year. So that gives some perspective as far as the athletic ability and the, the, the skills that he has. Uh, I think you get him into an environment in which everybody's kind of on equal playing field with uh, what their experience is and you know everybody's kind of starting fresh and I think his natural abilities in this senior bowl week coming up next month next month Joe next month the senior bowl ready um, let's do it I, I think that's um, that's an environment that should lend itself well to Hernan showing very well for himself. Yeah, I guess we should talk about at least one defensive player, yeah, right, that's Kyle? Fair, yes. <laughs> Probably. Uh, yeah, I'm excited to see uh, USC edge linebacker type player Uchenna and Wosu, uh, a guy that uh, I did some work on earlier in the season, and he's just continued continue to make plays uh, throughout the course of the season. Uh, came up with seven and a half sacks, nine and a half tackles for loss, 71 tackles, and he actually got his hand on 13 passes. Like he is a pass breakup extraordinaire on uh, anticipating where the ball is going to be at, at, when he's rushing and, and get his hands into some throwing lanes. But, uh, you know, his his really strong season continued with, with his performance in the Pac-12 championship game where he made an unbelievable play kind of crashing down from the backside on a fourth and goal uh, when Stanford went for it. And uh, he, he was able to pursue down the line of scrimmage, showed really nice flexibility to turn a tight angle and, and work down the line of scrimmage and, and bring down uh, the ball carrier for a tackle for loss on a fourth and goal situation. And, you know, I think that's what gets me really excited about him is some of that athleticism, that movement, those movement skills, his ability to turn tight corners uh, and, and, you know, rush the passer and, and get out and work towards the sideline as a run defender and, uh, you know, and then he gets his hands up in throwing lanes like, uh, you know, as often as anybody I've ever seen. So uh, he's kind of a, an intriguing player. He's 
probably more of a role guy. You know, I, I, you have to kind of carve out a, a specific purpose for him, but uh, you kind of cut him loose, and I think he can make a lot of plays. And be interesting to see in Mobile, you know, if he's getting reps at off-ball linebacker, or, you know, pro- primarily with kind of the the hand of the dirt defensive end type guys. But uh, you know, I think he offers some versatility, and I think he can do a lot of different things. And he's just uh, one of those chess piece type players that has a lot of intrigue for me. Yeah, definitely a guy that that I'm also looking forward to seeing, Joe. Uh, I'm also looking forward to seeing Wednesday's episode of Draft Dude scrolling through everybody's timelines here in two days. Uh, That is going to do it for us today on the Monday episode. Uh, We'd like to thank you guys for carving some time out of your day. Uh, Make sure you always stop by and visit with the dudes where every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, uh, talking about the NFL draft, we'll be talking about the college football playoff, college football bowl games, uh, Senior Bowl, East-West Shrine game, NFL Combine, uh, you name it. If it's got to do with college and pro football, uh, odds are we're going to be glossing over it in some way, shape, or form over the next couple months. So really make sure you guys hit subscribe, follow along with us. You can also swing over to NDT Scouting or FanRagSports.com. Check out some of the latest stuff that we've been working on for for those sites as well. Uh, Joe is on Twitter at Marino. I am on Twitter at NDT Scouting. We'd love to chat with you guys. take some of your your feedback about the show or any questions that you might have please do not be strangers we love this kind of stuff so i'm kyle crab signing off for joe marino this is the draft dude podcast thanks for listening What does your morning sound like? Goodbye, baby. She's finally asleep. Hi, welcome to McDonald's. Can I get a sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles? Mmm. Here's to making your morning routine a little better with a delicious breakfast from McDonald's. Mix and match two of your favorites for just $4. The sausage McMuffin with egg and the sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Single item at regular price. The Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive Box. Oh, what a great audience. Let's dim the lights for this next one. Nope, too much. Ah, there it is. Gotta get things just right. Like Progressive's Name Your Price tool. Tell us what you want to pay and we help you find coverage options that fit your budget. And now, the mood is right. Wait, the lights are back on again. Trudy, can you? And now it's completely dark. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.